0: 553 Brain Candy Podcast. I'm Susie Meister here for your listening pleasure. And I'm Sarah Rice here also for your (laughs)
1: listening pleasure.
0: We're very (laughs) um, casual. I've been listening to more podcasts lately and they are very professional. Oh,
1: we're, (laughs) listen,
0: we lack that. We're, we're,
1: uh, what, no, you know what we are? (laughs) We're approachable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're relatable.
1: Yeah, that's what we say. We're like, this is relatable content.
0: But they all say like the good stuff that we bury at the end where they're like, you should sign up for our patreon.com slash brain candy because we have all this content you'd love and well, I, do our Do you merch. guys know that? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you should definitely do that. You know I mean, that. we got
1: really good stuff on there. <laughs> you can hear me do dramatic readings of my journals from Brooklyn, but that is can't miss content. We should do one of those later today. I, I will. That will be fine. Okay. I want to do it w- to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I want it because I
1: want your reaction. Right now, it's just like me reacting to myself, yeah. which is yeah. also ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I but, want that. I want you know,
1: it. Now I can have you reacting to me, which is one of my new favorite things that I, I learned um, when I did my live sales of my. Don't c- get me started about
0: those your new favorite tv show listen people sarah has been she decided to take her resale um, items into her own yeah. hands yeah and so she's like going on instagram live selling her yeah. goods which by yeah. the way are beautiful and thank you she does a really good job at making them like look great and telling you how you could wear them and it is so fun okay but it is the best entertainment that you can get especially for $0 and 0 cents.
1: For $0 and 0 cents. That's r- unless you purchase something. In True. which case you get an item and an hour plus. This is an hour and a half of my last one. Here's why it's so great. This is so funny. I've been dying to hear this. (laughs) I mean, you know there's nothing I love more than, like, hearing why I'm hilarious and funny and all this stuff. Well, you're in for
0: a real treat then because, like, I get so excited to tune in. Lincoln and I watch them together, and he loves them pretty much as much as I do and i'm gonna be like going around collecting random shit in my house just so i can like
1: come on friday night and like sell it to right. you i'm like here's this glass um yeah. i will have a set
0: of five afterwards Empty but jar. It, it could be yours would you like it <laughs> here's Shipping what i'm trying to figure out what is my obsession with these things like uh, why do i care i'm not you're not even my size, and you're not buying the clothes. <laughs> I actually did buy that blazer, but... Oh, you did. That's right. Did you
1: get it yet? Not yet, but I'm Oh, waiting. it's on its way. It should be there any very second. Excited. I mailed it, like, you're the very day. You're a fast shipper. I, I did. I'm trying to beat Jeff Bezos.
0: <laughs> right. Um, you can suck it. Get I concluded it. that the reason that it's so great... It's not a philosophical answer here. It's just that you are so gifted at um being yourself (laughs) and that's if there's any job that i should be good at true but like it sounds stupid because anybody can be right Right. themselves but that's not true most people are not comfortable with themselves and (sighs) i have concluded also that I think that's what charisma is. It's just somebody oh. who is totally comfortable Susie, with themselves. I can't
1: believe you are saying this. I literally had this same conversation. I have not said the word charisma, like, I don't know, in years. Since, like, I don't know, describing RuPaul to somebody five years ago. <laughs> after I met him yeah, at the Glad right. Awards. That's it. It's, like, <laughs> the only time I've ever used that word. I was just yesterday having that conversation with a client about... That exact thing about how, uh, you know, like the thing that people are drawn to is this co- being comfortable, being you.
0: Yeah, and who I you think are. they call
1: that charisma, and I totally said that. That is so crazy. Yeah,
0: my brain because I was trying to think you. of like what it is that makes Oprah so charismatic because she is, but it's not just that she's confident or or that she's friendly or something. It's that you can sense that like. She is okay who she is and that it's contagious. And when you see someone like that, you want a piece of it. So that's what what makes you so magnetic.
1: Well, thank you so much. You know, I think that is kind of born out of being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That it is the more I've learned for myself, the more. I've shared the more I've opened up the more vulnerable I've become. And now listen, you don't need to go on stage or go on national television or have a podcast to be vulnerable, to share and open up and and like really expose what's in your heart to somebody else in a vulnerable way. You can do that. I just happen to do it on here because I don't talk to any other humans except my clients and, you know, it's not like that. I'm, doing work there and so here is like the place where I get to be open and vulnerable and I suppose I'm like that with my friends too but I think that it the more I've opened up and the more vulnerable I've become the more I've a become addicted to being vulnerable to like it feels really good to just not have to hold on to those secrets or those things that we think we're all alone in feeling. And like, you know, the, is it just me? Like, that's why we love all those memes and stuff like that. That are like, like we love that. The isolating thoughts. Mm -hmm. We want to feel like, oh, it's not just me. And so I've learned with being really open. It's like, oh, wow. It's really not just me. And then having a podcast where everybody lets you know, oh yeah, me too, me too, me too, which feels so great. So through that, I think I've become addicted to that that being myself and what i get back from people with that like it feels like people so what i say all this to say <laughs> anybody can feel like that and do that and have that you just have to take the 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 you know it's like like skydiving the first few times you do it yeah it's freaking terrifying and then afterwards you're like you know, you get really good. Those guys who are, like, jumping and doing all the tricks, they're not, like, scared anymore to do it. And now we look at them, we're like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. You just have to, like, get used to, I mean – and this is way less scary than skydiving, being vulnerable.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's true.
1: Much, much less uh, – less risky. risk. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: know risky. it doesn't seem like that, but it is. Um,
1: Yeah. So yeah, there you go.
0: It is – it's so fun to watch because, whenever someone is comfortable like that, and then you are a part of it, then you feel more comfortable. And that's all I you want. You know, like it makes the other people feel good too. It's just contagious. Well, hold, thank you. I have to tell Adam. Hold on a second. Yeah. Well, it's um. The, uh, while you were talking, there was a bird that <laughs> hit one of our windows and then fell and it, oh fuck it's like <gasps> flailing and at oh text no him. he picks it up he's gonna help it okay oh, oh okay oh. <laughs> this, see this how we're not a... professional i'm like live on the air no Death that's in bird are like a bird ambulance that we talked about oh god here City, i am you know? talking about like no like
1: how <laughs> oh, to no, it. It be like had to have charisma and there's like birds die (laughs) crashing into the fucking window
0: oh and it's usually you know when that happens they kind of like get stunned and then they fly off but this one was (gasps) oh no so oh no we'll wish that bird the best we
1: have internal injuries
0: oh Oh, i hope not so sad anyway on that note (laughs) well that's fun
1: um so yes I do feel like I missed my calling yes. to be uh, working at QVC.
0: Yes. Well,
1: can let they me- still hire
0: me? Is there still a chance? Well, do you want to hear about the time I auditioned to <gasps> be a QVC lady? Uh, yes. <laughs> a QVC. La- Wait, this. Was- I feel like yes. I remember this. Yes, this was not long after I moved I- to I LA. Know this. Yes. Yeah. And. Yeah. I had to go on. I did a couple auditions. Like I made it pretty far and then yeah. I didn't get hired. Thank God because you get a hundred thousand dollars a year period. And oh. you have to live in like, not, like rural Pennsylvania. What? I'm out. Yeah. I forget the city wow, that they're based were, in. You but- were right there. I guess I just like to keep my options open. <laughs> Sus, you, I
1: do, I feel like I remember this because did we talk about me painting your nails because you need to have nice oh nails? God,
0: probably. Probably. Uh, that rings I a bell. That rings a bell. Yeah. It was so yeah. uh, terrifying though because you have to go and wow. it's a mix. That's like a little bit of a mix because you do have to be yourself, but you also have to sell this product uh, that you may right. or may not even like. Um, D- tell me what you had to sell. What did you do? You had what to bring something from- in and oh. it could be anything from your house. I brought in like a beach tote bag thing. Oh, and then cool. you have to say like, what makes it desirable? Why would someone need it or want it? And whatevs? I did not get would the Would they job. be
1: interested in a personal anecdote? Because <laughs> that's what I specialize in. Yeah. Do they want to hear a story about my ex-husband?
0: I think... <laughs> That is Sarah. what I tend to... Okay, wait. Those are some of my best, funniest moments from your Insta lives is when you... Sarah it not only um, sells you clothes... But she'll share the backstory of the item. She'll be like, I I wore this to a dinner. That's why it,
1: no joke, took me two hours or an hour and however many minutes, hour and a half to go through.
0: I think I maybe sold like 20 items, but that's a long time for 20 (laughs) items. Wait, and then like, okay, so some guy kept going on there and being like, do you have any men's clothes? And I almost commented, she does not have men's clothes, you dumbass. And then you were like, why? Yes, I do. (laughs) It was like shirts of her ex-husband that she's had for five years, and then everyone got sidetracked. Like, why do you still have them? They thought they had. What are you doing holding on to this? Oh God, it's so great.
1: I was I was laughing at that too because listen, those were I knew that I had a Poshmark store that was already doing well. Yeah, and I you so okay. I and I those those. The shirts that I have still have the tag on, and are high ticket items. And Susie, you know we we know how we are about high ticket items. We gotta like hold on. You taught me this on the on the challenge when we would get our swag bags, and Susie was always like, "It doesn't matter what it looks like. You're gonna trade." people for something that's a higher dollar amount yeah. and then you're going to take this and you're going to bring it to under armor and then you're going to return it and you're going to get a gift card and here's yes. what you're going to do you're going to then sell that gift card and you're going to get that for you're going to get some cool yeah cash. <laughs> I had and a whole that
2: system. is how you scam
1: the, <laughs> the challenge truly i mean and then they got hip to that and yeah. started cutting the fucking tags off those dicks
0: i mean it took a while, but yeah, that was a real It did
1: bummer. take a while. It took about five seasons for them to realize that it was after we turned it into a- An auction. An, an auction, a night. Like, it would be like, oh, auction's open. And then Wes would do, Wes would do a thing. So I, I would be like, auction's open, because you taught me everything I know. You were like, okay, auction's open. So then I would like, make it a thing, because like, I want to make sure that we're getting the best. Okay, and I should probably give a back, so people are like, what the fuck is she talking about? Mm -hmm. on the challenge when we go on the challenge they would give us Under Armour swag bags these like bags of clothes for us to wear while we were there because Under Armour was a sponsor and they want us to wear and blah 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 um and like look sporty what ifs and um uh so uh, you know Susie's like I'm not I'm gonna wear this stuff one time and like I'm not gonna need this white orange Under Armour sweatshirt she's like I don't need this um and so what we would do is we would have this like swap where some people really cared about like the clothes and they wanted to wear the stuff there and they like were like, oh, I want that item and I want that item. Other people would trade with the guy – like guys would trade with the women because um, uh, they had like girlfriends and wanted to get Christmas presents. We'd trade with the guys like Wes, my little brother – I, I would say ninety percent of his Christmas presents came from Wes's Under Armour swag bags for the like for like <laughs> ten years. This is totally true. All of my brother's climbing shirts, all of those, every shirt that he wore in any Christmas photo was Wes's shirt from the challenge, um, and. Uh, And CT because they were the same size. Uh, Not Wes and CT, but one brother was the same size as Wes and one brother was the same size as CT. So there you go. And uh, so, yeah. So Susie would say uh, you got to go like dollar for dollar and you want to (laughs) trade something if you're not going to be wearing it. You want to trade something that has a bigger ticket, like, you know. Yeah, because you might have like a really
0: cute shirt that everyone wants but right. it's not like a high value retail value, so no. then you could trade it for like a really expensive, ugly item, right? And then so then that you shit. take all
1: that, and Susie and I are totally the the people who are willing to put in the extra effort <laughs> right. to go. So we to, really are. Hence we, this I podcast. I am so willing to put. I'm willing to spend two hours on Instagram Live.
0: I know. There's nothing she won't do for you guys, people. Make
1: a dollar. <laughs> so. You know, okay. So back to what I was saying about, you know, high ticket items and everything. So those shirts were high ticket items, so I had to hold on to them. Then my ex, did not the one that came after uh, uh, Landon, uh, did not like any reminders of my past. Mm-hmm. So and he was like, you know, would see my Instagram and social media and stuff like that. So I didn't feel comfortable putting close i I felt like i was gonna get a like a conversation of like why do you you thought you guys were questioning why i was holding on to my ex's shirts like this guy this he would have definitely been like oh do you still have feelings for myself no i just want the money
0: yeah i have feelings for money
1: yeah i have that is it (laughs) i still have my wedding dress because i'm like waiting to sell it not because i have any sentimental or emotional attachment to it i just want the money that's it like, yeah. wouldn't it be great to sell a wedding dress and, like, give myself a little vacation or, like, you know, a little, like, like fun, treat myself to something. Yes,
0: something it would. Something good's
1: got to come out of that.
0: Maybe it's time. Instagram Live. Let's do it. Wedding I edition. I know, for my
1: wedding dress, right? Oh, my that would God. Be,
0: that would be hilarious. Talk about the stories you get with that. That would be so
1: funny. I put it on. Oh, my God. It would be so funny. I should. That would be hilarious. Um, yes. So people were really curious about that, and that made me laugh a lot. But those are still available, by the way. They did not sell because people – clarified. Ca- yeah. Well,
0: Isn't I wondered paid? about that because it was kind of like the honor system. Did you get a lot of people like that didn't – No, underpay? every single person paid. Except for those dudes. Except for the dudes. Wow. Yeah, Isn't but they weren't
1: going to – they were like – I was like, bye. They weren't going to pay anyway. That person was like one million dollars. Like,
0: well um, it's great but I, you was, guys I was tune expecting
1: in. somebody from Wikifeet to be like all over those shoes. Was, what yeah, the me hell? Too. Nothing.
0: Maybe we need to like do better I, yeah, marketing I to, and outreach. Yeah,
1: I did like day of <laughs> advertising for day this of. and that's that's never good. So that was my fault. I know I, I should I didn't Maybe, know. I didn't know. It was like last minute. You, you gotta can post be in the a mood. picture of
0: your feet only bare feet and then be like would you like to buy the shoes that these have oh i should do that yeah i should definitely
1: do oh speaking of which yeah i have confirmation (laughs) that from a neuro surgeon neuro something (laughs) neurosurgeon that we are correct yeah in what we said about
0: about yes yeah that- the foot wire yes. is the foot near wire. the vagina wire or something. Correct. If you
1: were to take – it's in this part of the brain that's in kind of like the middle of the brain, mid-frontal part. And if you were to cut the brain right down the the – not down the middle. Oh, my God. There's a name for – this is why they have these names. Like – you know, in Dr. Do- lang- lingo, they have like the anterior, posterior, whatever, like the kind of slices <laughs> that it is.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like, yes. Cutting the brain in half, not in the way that would make two equal halves, the other right. direction. Like through the equator. When you do that, yes, you uh, will cut in half this, this like it's right in the folds of your brain. Like right, you know how your brain kind of looks like? Sure yeah, it's got like all those little folds. It's like the cingulate gyrus or something like that. I was just watching a video on it the other day. But if you look at it, the way that your brain is like folded up there, it's right, right next to it. It's all the parts. Like, have you seen any of those videos where they'll, they'll be doing operation on somebody and they'll They'll take like an electrode or something and they'll press one part of the brain and like yeah. the arm will move. Sure. It's yeah. like that. Like we know exactly what part of the brain goes to what. And so that's right there. And I'm glad that I got confirmation because well, I've been like okay. like
0: spouting that fact out <laughs> with authority. for a while. Okay. Well, when you see your neuro something person again, will you get to the bottom of why I believe this is statistically true, but it's definitely anecdotally true Mm -hmm. that far more men have a foot fetish than women have a foot fetish. So I would like to know if our brains are similar in that wiring, why it does not affect women in the same frequency rates. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that has
1: to do with us being visual or like how we...
2: Process,
1: uh, yes.
0: Visual like sex information stuff. Okay.
1: Y- yeah, you know, like we're more I- cerebral and in our heads about it. Yeah. And they're more like, I need to see an hourglass figure, and that's it.
0: Okay. Thanks. Well, that'll be our theory, you and know. then you can get to the bottom of it. Yeah. I have to tell you, if you happen to be a person. Who has type 2 diabetes, you might be mm. uh, interested to hear about a product called Pendulum. It's a glucose control that'll help you manage your diabetes naturally. Here's what interested me about it. Um, they're starting to learn all this stuff about how, you know, everyone knows, you know, diet and exercise. We're always talking about how the same 10 things are the things that everyone ought to be doing to improve mm-hmm. their health. But one of the things that they're learning a lot about is the importance of your gut microbiome. Right. We've been talking about this. I'm obsessed with this. So this is true in general for everybody, but also for people with type 2 diabetes. And um, Pendulum helps to lower um, A1C and manage blood sugar and manage blood sugar spikes and all that jazz. So you can consult with your doctor and get the scoop. But they have a money-back guarantee, 90-day uh, trial Pendulum Glucose Control. Um, take control of your glucose levels today. Try Pendulum Glucose Control for 90 days. If you're not satisfied with your levels, you'll get your money back. Visit PendulumLife.com to find out more and use promo code Candy for 20% off your first bottle of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com. Promo code Candy. There you go.
1: That is very important. Very important. I know a lot of people who struggle with that.
0: I'm totally obsessed with the gut thing. <clears throat> I know it's so good. There's a lot to be learned. Oh. Like we're, I think we're just starting to learn about all that.
1: I but. know it's Susie, and let me tell you, I fell off the uh, non-dairy wagon. Okay, and uh, right into a river of cream, Sus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in your coffee
1: or what? You, well, coffee, and you know what did me in? I had a. If there were one thing. That like somebody was like you could eat as much of this as you want and like just go for it. You know what it would be?
0: What ice cream? cream. Whipped cream.
1: I love it. (laughs) I want to take it the whole can straight to the face. I like ready whip. Ready whip, which isn't even whipped cream. I know that it's like I thought
0: it was. Is that not? I thought no. It is. It
1: there's there's but there's definitely. when I put it in my coffee and it then like oh. and I don't drink it right away, it leaves a film on the surface that makes me question what <laughs> things it's doing. Like what kind of film yeah. it's leaving inside yeah, like my body.
0: It's got petroleum in it or something. Yeah, like okay. what something that,
1: <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't vape anymore. Give me all the whipped cream. Okay. Uh so I am just Now, I honestly don't even know what I was talking... Oh, right. The dairy. I was like, I (laughs) I am so lost
0: in You fell off the
1: wagon. Yep. Right. My skin broke out like crazy. Oh, damn. Like crazy. Like I have... Like I had acne like I was in high school again. And it felt the same. It felt like that hormonal like... And I could tell it was about... You know how your metabolism... Well, mine is like extra slow. But I, I... well, you know, not take good care of my body and then I'll feel it about a week or 2 weeks later.
0: Oh. or I'm like, takes some oh, minute.
1: Oh. Yeah. This is it. That would be that. Like What it are you going to do? Are you going to
0: keep eating dairy or not?
1: Well, I just ran out of my um no, well and, and oh my god, Su- Suze, this is this is okay, here's that vulnerability stuff we were talking about. Um, the the can I know way too much about the whipped cream at Trader <laughs> Joe's. <laughs> Clearly. The can of whipped cream, it has 20 it is 20 calories per serving. There are 52 servings in it. I did not use that can 52 times. Okay. I did my servings were generous. <laughs> and that <laughs> that can didn't even make it like 3 days. Oh, okay. That's like heavy whipped cream consumption. You know there are worse things. There, there are, there are worse things, but, um, so yeah, so I went, uh, so now I'm out of whipped cream and I'm out of coffee creamer. Cause I, I was like, oh my God, it's so good. I, 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 okay, but I'll just wait till I run out. And, and today is my go to the grocery store day and today is going to be the, get the new creamer, which will be the almond one. Cause I cannot do the dairy and yeah. it's not for reasons like. I oh my god, where was I? I was somewhere out. I think was I maybe I was with you. I was with another human and you're the only other person that I see. So <laughs> the prime um, suspect. I was somewhere and I asked for a pizza but no cheese or I asked for something with no cheese and the waitress was like, "Oh, cuz of tummy issues or something." Oh, oh god. no, I was with Barry. Oh. We were at, and I was like No, That's but embarrassing. Yeah. What? Like he didn't care, whatevs. Yeah, but like, I mean, no
0: server should ever be implicitly referring to diarrhea.
1: Don't <laughs> comment on my food I order. Don't, and also if you work at the grocery store, do not comment on my groceries. That is so
0: true. I will time had to buy do it. a That should be test. a not allowed thing. Yes, I bought a Has pregnancy that test one time, oh. and they were like, "Good luck," and I was like, "No, no, no, no." no. Which could be interpreted any. When, yeah, when, but, but but the the what you really want is silence. So yeah, don't comment. Pretend like, like you didn't I don't even notice. Need,
1: right, right. Zip it. Yeah, zip it. <laughs> I don't know why that like just. I'm super vulnerable. Unless it's the grocery store yeah, checkout island, which case don't judge private. Don't judge me.
0: <laughs> Look away oh gosh Don't okay what the heck was me. i even
1: talking about
0: we haven't really even started the show to be honest we have
1: not started the show none of these things are things that i even wrote down this is
0: embarrassing this is illustrating my point of how we're like still Whatever. amateurs 553 Whatever. episodes late. listen it's me being vulnerable so it's <laughs> oh my god
1: yes okay do you i will get to like facty stuff do you want to know a personal story that happened to me that I had a crazy experience that like was sorry. Right, just do.
0: you want to? Just
1: or do, do you want to hear about like fact stuff, like like um, something that is going on in China that we can debate? <laughs> Let's start with your personal uh, okay. story.
0: I was okay. So Suze, ask mm-hmm. me how the the training I, for running I is will. going. Yes, how is your ridiculous. <laughs> Trail, fifteen k training going. Um, ten k.
1: Like, let's not Whatever. be signing me up for any more than I need to be running. Um,
0: <laughs> now I finally have
1: some miles in the tank. And um, first day I went out and and attempted to run. Like, remember how I said in my head, "I'm like, yeah, I can just like go yes. out there and do it. Like, it'll be fine." Yes. <sighs> I may so have glad been speaking from a place of like being twenty two. and yeah. like still training for challenges and like, it's, what happened? I forgot that I have been on the couch for two years.
2: Yes. Um,
1: it was, it, okay. So the first day I go out, I'm like get all prepped. I've got, I'm thinking I'm going to go out for like a while. I'm going to be gone for like an hour or two. So I've got like my little backpack with my water in it and everything.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm going to, it's, it and now I've done that awful thing where I've like delayed, like delayed the inevitable for so long that now I'm like, Oh, I have to leave. Like the sun is now setting. It's like six 30 and I'm leaving to go on this run that wow. I wanted like, fi- I to like run on trails. So I go and I like take off running and I'm like, you know, my, like, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to a book on tape to kind of like keep me focused and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe make the time go by faster. And, uh, so i I start running and i run i'm in the beginning of the trail, there are a couple signs, and i 'm just like you know casually running past the signs and you know not really thinking, and then I get a little bit further down the trail and i 'm starting to look around it 's like sunset dusk time, and i 'm seeing all these little bunnies out, and i 'm seeing all these feathers of like pieces of birds, like not oh even like whole birds like and not even just like, oh, a feather like a little." feather that you find no like an entire wing just like ripped off and all right I'm like, like someone okay. had
0: like a pillow fight yeah. with a down yes or okay exactly
1: like that exactly like that, what <laughs> it looked like excellent um visual thank you Susie. uh <laughs> and so then i started having all these th- thoughts about the things barry talked to me about about predators hunting their prey and where they the pre- prey would A predator would stalk from and then i remembered what signs i ran past the ones that say caution mountain lion area and i was like oh lord what the fuck am i doing there's nobody else out i am literally running down their buffet (laughs) line it's happy hour oh my god and then I, I'm like remembering the things Barry taught me about like where they are on the trail. So I turn around. I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, it's, I, I'm about a half a mile down the trail. I turn around and I now I was like running downhill and I'm like, oh fuck! I wasn't even like warmed up and now I gotta run back up the hill. But in my mind, the lion mountain lion is already chasing me. Sure. So I am bolting Full up speed the hill. Ahead. At full speed. And then I take this. I like, okay, there's a little shortcut. Like, I think it's like a shortcut. I don't know. Some kids have made. So I try to go up that. And then I realized real fast that is not a shortcut that a- humans have made. That mm. is definitely a game trail that some animal has made that is probably the trail that the th- of the thing yeah. that is, I'm running away from. Yeah. And I was telling Barry this and he was like, oh, yeah, it was. And I'm like, oh, my God, run away, Sarah. And so that was my first try and I only oh, made no. it uh 0. 0.9 miles because I was scared I was going to get eaten. So the next day I'm like, okay, you got to come out. You got to plan better for this. So you're going to leave at noon when there're people out, when there are, you know, it's not like hunting hour or, you know, time for their dinner yeah. and you're the main course. Right. Um and like I live in a place where this happens. Like this is not me being uh you know, like dramatic, dramatic
2: mm-hmm.
1: or histrionic. This is, this absolutely happens. And okay. I back up to the Wildwood uh, or to the, the uh, Santa Monica mountains. So it is like right there where their, their caves are. And their are I'm on their, I'm in their neighborhood. And, um, so yeah, so second day, so next day I go out and I was feeling very disappointed too. I'm like, only that's how far I made it. Oh my God. And I was like dying. And then I'm like, am I tired because I was running away from death (laughs) or, you know, and then I, I, I I was really mad at myself because there was a part of where it was really steep where I was still like, I had to walk and I couldn't even run up. And I was like, in this moment, if you were being, you, you can't even run right now where you think you're being chased by an animal. Eh, oh, well. I was like, how are you going to do in an in a actual, in a, in a race, Sarah? Yeah, right. So I, I, that made me nervous. So the next day I was like, okay, I'm going to really do it. I'm going to, I got my little fanny pack this time. Cause I'm like, you didn't need a whole backpack. You're not going out for six hours, Sarah. You didn't make, you were, you were an hour. Um, and so I decided just to run through the neighborhoods. So I live in the neighborhood that I grew up in. I live only about a half a mile from the house that I grew up in. And it's the house where I lived when a lot of maybe not so great things happened in my life. And there was some childhood trauma. And, uh, so, and it was the last house that I lived in with my dad. And so I'm running up and down these streets. I'm running up and down the cul-de-sacs and I finally get to the street. That's my childhood, the street of my childhood home. And, I run, I'm running up the hill and I lived on a cul-de-sac and it's a cul-de-sac on a hill. So my whole thing was I was like doing these cul-de-sacs cause you would, and I would run up one side that was like steep, like try to run up as much as I could. And then, you know, kind of get a nice relaxing run down. So it was like a nice, you know, run up, run down, but I wasn't able to sprint up the steep hill parts. So I was, I was like Fast walking up those parts because I'm, well, you know, just started here. Well, you're two.
0: also training for the Olympic speed walking, so I mean, right? T- two birds.
1: Correct. I was totally thinking that I was like Olympic speed walking. Here we come, and uh, so so on this part, I was, you know, I'm like walking, but um, okay. So now I'm coming up to the the point where I'm just about to pass my childhood home, and I see there's a man who's loading stuff out of a van, out of like a, you know, minivan. Susie, my brain did this thing. Have you ever had that, have a moment where you look, see somebody and it looks like someone, you know, like your brother or sister, but from back in the day, like you, you see them and in your memory, they're younger. Hmm. So you see somebody and you're like, Oh, that looks like say, Oh, that looks like Gretchen, but it looks like Gretchen at like, 21 and then you're like oh wait that can't be her she's not mm. that age have you ever had okay. this happen
0: it doesn't ring this, a bell but that. oh man
1: maybe it's i don't know it happens maybe because you're the youngest it doesn't but because i'm i don't know i feel like maybe it's being the oldest like i i this happens with my brothers a lot where i see somebody and i'll be like oh my god it's luke and i'm like no that child is mm. 18 lucas is a grown-ass man he is like my memory of him so i'm running past this house and i see this man I swear it looked exactly like my dad. Mm. I thought it was my father. I thought he looked, he was bald. He had a goatee. He had the same build. He, my brain was like, that's your dad. And I felt so tr- triggered in every single se- i looked at him i had this moment where we made eye contact and he he looked at me kind of weird because i must have been looking at him like he had oh, two heads or something and then i just started running because then he turned away and then i thought oh my god is that what my dad would do if he was trying to avoid seeing me and then like okay, and i thought for a second probably and then i my brain went to crazy places where I really did think that this person in front of my childhood home was my father. Mm. I, I take about 10 more steps, which felt like 100. Like the time just slowed down in mm. that moment. And I could feel child the, the little child me become really panicky and scared. I could feel that lump in my throat start of like, I'm going to cry right now. And mm. I had to talk to myself and say, you know, I was also, you know, I'm on this run and I'm, I'm running and now the guy's looking at me. So I'm, you know, jogging to like also look like I'm <laughs> doing something and not staring at him like a weirdo. <laughs> and so I'm having all these conversations with myself where I feel my heart just feels like it's beating a thousand miles a minute mm. and not because of the, the exercise. And I just, I have to say, Sarah. That is not your dad. Your dad is an old man now. He has gray, he does not look like that. That is a mm-hmm. young man. That is somebody who lives there. Look at him, he's loading a, a, a child's uh you know, car seat out of the thing. Mm. Like this is not that place. You are not you are totally safe. And I also had to tell myself I and I used it, I was so aware in that moment because like I you know I talked to clients about how we don't have we don't have a lot of opportunity to practice how really talking to ourselves in these moments where we are at an emotional extreme because we need the emotional extreme for us Mm -hmm. to practice it. So, you know, the healthier we get, the fewer and far between those opportunities are. So I don't get an opportunity like this all that often. So I was so aware in the moment of talking to myself and saying like, this is not him. You are totally safe right now. Mm. In fact, you can run away. Was you're- that
0: effective or did it not? Yes. Really make- okay,
1: good. It was... But the thing that I was so grateful for, Susie, that I think it wouldn't have been effective if I was was running.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
1: w- because it was pushing me past that point of... It, it was giving my heart a reason to be racing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, you're... And I told myself, I said, okay, so now... I, this whole – so my house, my old house was on the uphill where I'm running. So I'm running the, on the uphill, fast walking, on the uphill <laughs> past my house. <laughs> then I see this man that I think is my dad in my brain. Yeah. And then – and so I start running. And then I'm running around the curve of the cul-de-sac and having all these thoughts and talking to myself. And now I'm on the downhill where I'm, I'm now getting a chance to kind of like take a deep breath. It's downhill. I feel the wind in my hair. I'm really like thinking about how my body feels right now and how I'm safe in this environment. And this is not then. And then I have the, the, the thought of, wow, you're, you're really feeling anxious right now. But like look at how fast your heart is racing and look at how much you want to cry. And I said, let's channel this. I'm coming around like now the flat part between the two streets before it becomes the next street and the next cul-de-sac. And I said, you can use this. You do not need to get upset. You do not need to cry. You do not need to let those emotions take over. You are in charge right now and you're in charge mm. of using this. Oh my God, it makes me emotional right now. Yeah. You're in charge of using this energy, this, this, this feeling. Mm-hmm. And turning it and, and ch- channeling it into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, this is your chance. We're not going to walk up this hill. Mm-hmm. We're going to run up the whole thing. And don't you know, I ran up the entire thing. Wow. And it felt so good because it felt like I was conquering not just that hill, but also that like... His
0: power over you. Yes. Yeah.
1: And people need to kind of like... I get that like you have to face... You know, you have to like kind of be confronted with it again to then really show your younger self, show that inner child, look, we're in this, we're feeling those same feelings that used to really fuck you up for like 72 hours. Hmm. Make you think that like, you know, you're, I don't know, whatever it made me think, who knows the kind of ripple effect that that has just on, on that. What did you call it? Charisma. Mm-hmm. It definitely took that away. Yeah. And so I said, not right now. And it it felt so powerful. Then on the the neck on that the next hill, I felt like this feeling of like, oh, you got this. Mm-hmm. You're in, you're good now. Like you just had to breathe through that, and it also felt like a wall that I had hit. And then I just kept running, and I kept going. And I finished a 5K on my second day.
0: That's amazing.
1: So I ended up doing three, in, three, three miles and a little sure bit. And did. the only reason I came home was because my, I was starting to get a blister on my toe that I was nervous was going to pop. And then I would, it would put me out for a couple more days. <laughs> so I, go, I was like, I think I could keep going. So day two, 5K, which half is half the there. distance. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Wow. Thank I you. Think I'm gonna be, I think I'm just gonna be fine. And if I, I I felt like it was a reward for you know going out and, and putting the energy into work you know working towards this goal.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I feel like I I overcame a whole bunch. So I wanted to share that little no, that's personal very, story.
0: Yeah, I'm but, sure you feel very empowered.
1: Damn. Triggers are real. Isn't it the worst, dude? Susie, I there. I was so aware, and I could feel it. I could feel that little girl. It. I could. I could. All of a sudden, it was like I saw in my mind. My clothes changed. What I was wearing changed. Mm-hmm. I was a little girl. Like everything changed, and I had to just really be nurturing and be kind of firm too. Like, yeah. like a, like a, no, tough love. do not, tough love kind of thing mm-hmm. of like, we got, look at how strong I am. We're not, we're, you're, we're going to be strong for you too right now. And so, you know, just like talk to that little child and maybe, you know, I do not recommend that people just go throw themselves into situations where they're triggered. But I think that if you have been avoiding things because you are worried about triggers that may come up. If you are in a place where you've been working on uh, having awareness and being mindful and challenging faulty thoughts and old thinking and incorrect beliefs about yourself and, and things like that, that it is only when we are kind of presented or in those situations or situations that that trigger those similar emotions that we can put our our stuff we've learned to use.
0: I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Suze. I mean I, I really don't want th- you to run the trail thing but I'm I know you do glad That's it so was funny. a positive experience in the end.
1: Does it does it make you feel better to know that this is a Napa food and wine related. Event. like oh, It's yeah, not it like does. directly Takes related, but like it's like there's wine involved. Yeah, it's a little bit. So I'm like running to wine.
0: That I can get on board with a little bit. And better. good wine. So like that's cool. Okay. Another yeah. thing that's very cool, as you guys all know, is playing Best Fiends. Yes. Talk about oh, I was
1: just a, thinking about this the a, other day.
0: It's so fun. It's such a great game. I way. think
1: about it when I'm not playing it. That's silly. <laughs> I was just thinking about it the other day. That's funny. <laughs> I love it.
0: It's such a fun game. You play through an actual storyline and you complete with good guys, which are the fiends, and the not-so-good guys, which are the slugs. It's a whole like story. The slugs. That's And right. there's all these challenging little puzzles as you progress. And they're adding. they always add characters. And it's just so cute. Such a nice break from... The stress of life, and it's got Mm -hmm. brain-boosting puzzles, so we love that. We love those. So you can always uh, keep yourself occupied. Never be bored if you have Best Fiends. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And um, we actually have a guest today. Oh, my gosh. You guys get no facts. Would you like to share some before I introduce her? I'll just say one.
1: Okay. Nope. I won't even. I'll save it. Wow. Teaser. Okay. I'll save it. Because why? Right. Would I just why would need it? I'm so I, I love a guest. I feel like we ended on a good note there. There we go.
0: Okay. Our guest today is um, best-selling author and scholar of religion, Kate Bowler. Um, she has been on the show before to promote her yeah. other book, um, "Everything Happens for a Reason" and other lies. I love. Oh my God. And then now she has a book called No Cure for Being Human. Both of them explore her experiences as a prosperity gospel scholar. And if you're not familiar, that's like believing that God will bless you on this earth right now if you're faithful. So you'll get health and wealth here on earth. You don't even have to wait till you go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I also study that. So she and I are in the same field and we've been friends for a long time. And then she hit it big with her first bestseller a couple years ago. And now she's got number two. It's so good. And I think of it like kind of like anti self help because. Oh, yeah. A balance. Yeah, like she's telling the truth. Yes, she provides balance to them. She's saying, like, you can do all the things you can have rituals, you can uh, meditate and eat right. And, and, Pray to your God and all the things that, you know, people like to act are virtuous and still bad things may happen to you and how to cope with that rather than these self-help people who say like, if you just do this formula, all your problems will be solved. And I think it's so refreshing. Yes. Yes. It's essential reading. Check it out. No cure for being human. Reminds us of our merch, right, Sarah? What's the... Yes, um, I love it. I mean, hello. Yes. That's like right in line with our motto. It's hard being a person. Hardest. So we welcome her and you should follow her on social too because she is very inspiring and such a beautiful soul and she's hilarious. So love welcome that. to the show, Kate Bowler. Isn't it funny how they do that now?
2: Yeah, and who is this woman, and what's her backstory? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I have her- questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Brain Candy Podcast, Kate Bowler. Uh,
2: hello, Doctor Bowler, I should say. I'm Doctor Weiser. I'm <laughs> so glad to be here too. Just two ladies with PhDs in American religious history <laughs> hanging
0: out. <laughs> yeah, but you're super fancy, and I'm over here like with my old timey like.
2: No. No. You are, you are, you are every good thing that I remember and have continued to be. And I am just thrilled to be well, talking to you.
0: Well, I'm thrilled because I just finished your darn book and it is so great and Thanks, and profound and special and all that. Like I was writing my review on Goodreads and I'm like, what do you say about a people Buller book? She's magical. Okay. That's oh, it.
2: You That's said it, it was a medium sad. Is Do you stand me. by that? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Because I'll be at the person at parties. And it's like, yeah, these snacks are really good. Do you ever wonder if you can forgive your mom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, it's do gonna people help? like embrace your deep thoughts? Or
2: <laughs> No, 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 no. As a wildly unpopular child, I learned early on that it's always a bit of a a roulette situation when you, when you try to swim in the deep end. Yeah.
0: Well, we had you on a couple of years ago after your first book, which, you know, bestseller whatever. And then now we get to have you back. And I'm wondering, because a lot of the book you're grappling with this idea of like, how the heck yeah. do we spend our magical minutes in life? Yeah. yeah, And so I'm like, how the heck did you decide whether to spend your minutes writing this book? Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. And I, Well, especially because I'd really only written history books before then. So that was a lot of like interviewing and being like, Linda walked over to the podium. (laughs) I love your books. People should be reading those too. You and I I have a deep and abiding love of things that have (laughs) happened in the past. And I guess um, writing it all felt like I was trying something really ridiculous first, that I was going to try writing something that was you know, not history and super personal. And, and I think for academia, that always feels a bit, like a bit gauche, a little, a little embarrassing. And people that are like, you know, cough, narcissist, like every time (laughs) you want to like write memoir and um, God Mm. forbid. And uh, yeah, it's just such a culture of, um, I'm going to say this with so much love, but like, like false humility, right? Like, oh, it's about the ideas. (laughs) So you really feel like you can't or shouldn't write about yourself. And I felt like when I was doing it it did feel kind of embarrassing but I, it was it was the first time I felt honestly like I could practice saying truer, harder things than I was able to say out loud. Cause I, the second I, I got sick with cancer, I really became like a liar super quickly. I was like, Oh, I'm thank you so much for asking. I'm doing really well. <laughs> and, uh, I was very cheerful and very accommodating with other people's incredible advice. And, uh, and, and I lost, like, I felt like I lost the ability to just say that shitty, horrible thing that you think at 2am, which is like, dear God, like, is this how is this my life like is this my body is this what's going to happen to me and and then writing i felt like i could just like i could write my way until i had that like horrible wonderful feeling like i'd really said it like when you finally tell a best friend and you're like and that's how it is and and writing was oh man i i'd never had that feeling before and so i really kind of i kind of got hooked on it
0: you're kind of a curiosity though because in a way you're sort of the anti self help, gu- you know. Thank you. Thank guide you for
2: saying that that's like honestly the nicest thing anyone <laughs> could possibly say to me. Thank you, thank you. You can't do it, everyone. No one can do it. <laughs> you will Everything not. Everything's terrible, you
0: guys. <laughs> no, but like you sort of reject this idea of like you know the notion that we can sort of steal ourselves into yeah. money or health or whatever. Um, but isn't your Aren't you
2: kind of lumped into this group though? Yeah, it's so, it is absolutely, I feel like I'm always, um, I'm always part of, I think just like a category confusion and maybe that's just sexism, right? It's like the second a woman uses a slightly understanding voice, they're like, she's going to help me fix my life. This feels nurturing. (laughs) It does. Instead it's like. She's written a book about cultural scripts about how you can't necessarily fix your life. She really wants you to stop saying that. But she does have a very understanding voice. I do really really want people to question the 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 deep the deep difficult lovable lies at the heart of the uh, at the wellness and health industry in which we we really are, and especially women, given this like Instagram theology of perfect families and perfectible bodies and lives. Like we, like the idea that we are a perfectibility project is, is like primarily gendered work and it is just wildly pernicious.
0: What do you think drives this urge that we all seem to have to find the answer, the truth, whatever. Is it just because we don't know what the heck happens when the lights are out or what? (laughs)
2: Right, right. Well, I think part of it, Susie, because we're both nerds, I'm just going to try to give as many like <laughs> structural to individual answers. I think part of it is a genre, like it was the development of a genre called self-help. And it, it's, it like now it's a, it's, a, it's, it's structured a set of expectations we have when we pick up a cheap paper book, that uh, paperback at the airport is we think like, there's probably going to be seven chapters Each are going to start with a title that says, you can, it's going to have a formula. We're going to feel really good at the end. And that's what I'm buying. Damn it. And, um, and, and it's going to have this empowered you. And it's this it's super high, like anthropology, right? Like a theory of personhood. And, and like we... Also, God, do you bring up all the time that you are also a historian of the prosperity culture? No, never. You absolutely should. You are like the, that you and I share mm-hmm. a brain. No, people will
0: start asking me the things that they want from you. And I see on your Instagram, I'm like, I can't handle it.
2: <laughs> well, I think that um, if I... If I just like could have the choice of anyone to share this brain and life with, Susie, you're just so way up there. Because we both know how, like starting in the late 19th century, Americans got hooked on this, this metaphysical came to be called new age, new thought belief that, 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 that people are moving toward a future that is always better. And it became like a high anthropology we see in the American dream and we see on television and we see in this emerging genre of self-help. And then by the time we get to, dear God, the seventies and like (laughs) polyester sweeps the nation, we're just positive that we are going to buy ourselves into that um, consumable self. like. And then Susie, you just need to choose. You just need to choose better. And then you're gonna it does get so nice. It's, I know, I don't. Well, even while I'm saying it, I was like, I kinda want it. <laughs> whenever
0: you're doing <laughs> the research, because whenever you are doing these historical books and historical work, you're kind of just totally immersed in the, the rhetoric. Do you ever find yourself really buying into it? Oh or totally. Sounds really great. Yeah. And
2: sometimes if I just get the wrong seat, I'm like, like ready to hand over all my money. Like if you put me near like the wheelchair section or some area in which like there's people with obvious, like, like not, um, not best life now problems in which they are struggling with, with, with bodies and limitations and illness and like visible and invisible. Then the second I'm there, I'm like this, these theologies, level us because they consistently like blame the suffering. But you put me near the choir and I am just like, this is working. I'm like getting the harmonies. I'm like not taking notes anymore. I get so excited because I, I love it when people say, all you need to do is try. Because sometimes like we all know people where like, they just needed to get back up and then they didn't. And that's like that in and of itself is like always a tragedy. But like finding that better language for right, what like limited agency, like set that place between everything is possible and nothing is possible, that feels like very complicated work in our culture. It feels like if you say not everything is possible you're going to be, you're just going to be like pelted by the good vibes only crowd. It's going to be death by California. You'll never make it out. (laughs) Whenever you were interviewing some of these,
0: you know, leaders of the movement, do you, did you sense that they really believed it?
2: Oh yeah. I would say like in the sort of sincerity I feel weird about saying smell test, but sincerity is about smell test. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, I mean, they all most people are in a kind of have a well a set of wellness beliefs because they're positive that they they really they really have found something that almost works, and they're they're just working out the kinks, you know, in the in the formula. They've got to like work the plan, right? Right, Everyone's, so there's just asterisks. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's me, and I didn't, and you know, for the ultra religious, it could be like faithfulness, and just um, and then for every sort of, I mean, we all had the like, we we a generation before it was Amway and Mary Kay, and now it's it's Peloton, it's just Peloton, and <laughs> it's all hustle culture, and it's you know, and it's, and it's every shirt that spiritual gangster as a, as a brand puts out (laughs) (laughs) wild. And I love, I love spiritual gangster tank tops. I still do, but I always want the one that just says nothing but love. But, um, but it has, uh, it's just the, it's just the, but if you would only try feeling that really kind of like that gets us going, like that does get us on the bike or like buying our, cousins, essential oils.
0: I mean, it's sort
2: of a genius philosophy
0: because if you are thriving, you feel like you deserve it then. And if you're not, well, then there's somebody that's going to show you the path. I
2: mean, it's really enticing. And, And we all know like winners, right? Like people who just look like they figured it out and, and their kids all have these like Easter outfits, you know, and they, and they're, they're, they're always saying things like, um, Jordan comma, you're my best friend. Oh, kids. <laughs> and I'm like, Jordan seems amazing. And I just, you know, I like, I, I find it so intoxicating, you know, and then you meet, and then you meet Jordan <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> You're like and then you're like, wait, life is actually hard for everybody. Right. But do you think that that,
0: that you are kind of revealing that and are people
2: accepting of that message? I mean, <laughs> I just, so just gently gently shaking head. Um I I struggle. I think, like for me, part of the deep, like joy and also pain of like having these conversations about the self help culture is that it is just really hard to be a person in pain in our culture. And it is really, I'm not gonna lie to you, it is like it's hard for me a lot to to tell the truth, to just even answer like "How are you?" without feeling like I'm just about to be fixed or like I can hear someone with their tone of voice. You oh, know how it goes when you're like, someone's like, "How are you?" You're like. You know, for me, it's just like, oh, I'm just managing the enduring pain of chronic, chronic (laughs) cancer. You know, just trying to say it in a way that like doesn't punch someone in the face, and then you can just hear like that they're they are like trying to say something comforting, but also reaching for the just heading for the off ramp, and their voice just modulates where it's like, oh well, (laughs) you know, that was like, dear God, like. We like the feeling always that you're suddenly behind glass mm. and like everybody else has some kind of life that's fixable and you don't and you're just some tragedy because you just can't make it work, and that has always really fucking sucked mm-hmm. about this and i and like even in the com like i I love doing the kind of like public um, like pastoral piece where you're just like, look, like you are not broken. You are not the bad thing. Like you are loved. Like it is okay. And then, but so often, just even on social media, I'll get the very intense, um how how dare you say things can be terrible. Don't give up. Like God is making all things oh, good. Oh God. I'm like, well, God's making some things good and the rest is just apparently in development or something. I don't know. <laughs> What do you think um,
0: inspires that sort of toxic positivity?
2: Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think a lot of it is fear. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it too is just our brains, because they're synthetic can usually only tolerate one seemingly very good explanation mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. And and for a lot of people, it's, it's like a, a really strong orienting thought. Like, um, like for some people it's God has a plan mm-hmm. and, and the idea that God has a plan and I'm like a very, you know, Jesus-y person and just love that Lord. Just, you just do. love that. Love that Lord. You do. It's so nice. <laughs> really, into, really into it, et cetera. But like, um, it seems to kind of be a totalizing thing where you're then not allowed, everything we've had then has to be conformed into an argument about how there's only a single path in which all things have to then be called somehow good, which is... You know, I, I can't call cancer good. I can't call um, global plagues good or the breakdown of democracy or racism or, you know, like all the structural and individual inequality that like tears our life apart. And so, I mean, and there's other versions of this. I get a lot of, um, you know, because people are less and less overtly religious. So I do get this a lot from the, um, the universe has your back types and a, a, just overly causal, overly causal explanations. And I think, uh, there's so much hope in that, but they've really gotten confused between hope and certainty. And so that they kind of want to slack you yeah. with the certainty. And that is so painful. It's one
0: of my favorite things that you do though, um, online is when you talk about how both things can be true. We can be grateful and pissed <laughs> and, you know like because a lot of times you get this idea that
2: gratitude is somehow the antidote yes For suffering yeah. yes did you but, count your blessings though I just feel like yeah. you did. I feel like you've got an abacus behind you I feel like you just didn't count them all count them all up you don't know <laughs> my have... sister
0: and I have this deal where we're, we had we had to decide the gratitude is implicit okay I'm gonna <laughs> bitch about something yes. I'm thankful for all this stuff yes it says yes. and Because it's a lot of work to constantly have to like add that. But I know I have a lot to Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the relative suffering is always real, right? Like there is truly at any point, always someone who genuinely has it worse. Yes. Also that, (laughs) but also dear God, like, I mean, nobody, the stuff that that doesn't take seriously is just how, how deeply personal loss is like. Nobody's in my body. Nobody's in your body. No one knows what that feels like. Like, look, no one can even share it. Like, they can watch you in pain and have absolutely no way to fix it. Like, those things are inherently not relative. They're just yours. Like, your losses, the people who love you and whose lives hang on yours, like, that shit is yours. And, like, nobody gets to explain that away. And I, someone is always trying to tell me that something else will make it better or easier. And it it makes me feel, it does feel like a certain kind of gaslighting where they're looking at you and all of your beautiful things and not asking, acting like, they're acting like it's not a tragedy to worry that you will, to lose them or to just struggle with how unbelievably hard life is. Like, and that is that is like a, that is a special kind of hell for women in particular, I think.
0: Do you ever feel burdened by the way that people now see you as sort of a sounding board for their grief and pain? Seems like a big job.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, and so and I and I will like, can I just like tell you the like the scope of the can I tell you the scope of the bananasness? Um, which is so great and so intense. So part of what so I wrote this book about women in ministry, right? Yes. Preacher's life. And I so I studied um hundreds of uh, female centered inspirational brands and and the kind of emotional labor and the the assumptions placed on women that they'll do all this affective work. So they'll be then like, we're talking about grateful and beautiful and <laughs> like all the things. And, um, and one of the things I took away from that study was that the, the job of being publicly inspirational is truly impossible, but also that um, the worst versions that the heart, the hardest part about um social media and the desperate search even just right now for online connection is that the things that really people really need are the things that the market will never support, right? Like people will sell a book, but they don't really in that model would ever have time to stop and answer an email from somebody who's like, I'm going into hospice right now. And I just don't know how to manage like." I don't know how to tell my kids. Now I am not an expert in how to tell your kids about it's all kinds of things that fall outside my area of expertise. But um, that's partly why I immediately reached out for grant support to hire like a a social worker, frankly, and a pastor to help respond to people. And, and that came out of, I actually, well, because a friend of mine died and uh, my friend Rachel died very suddenly and all of this grief, like, came at her friends in a way that would seem truly unbearable. And I thought um, there's so much need in the world and there is nothing about a brand centered culture that can support the weight of that. And also people have these really profound needs. So I hired lovely people who help just to, who run the kind of like therapeutic infrastructure of all this, because it really can't ever be, um, it can't ever really be a single person. And it really makes me sad that we're so lonely and so desperate right now for connection and that people just sit there then scrolling, like hoping that something will pop out and like serve them when the truth is we're so interdependent. Like really what we need is we need our people and we need all of our bubble And And the best we can do is just try to create enough love that it gives a little lift, but certainly like I, I'm just at this point. Smart enough to know like i it can't it can 't be me
0: no it's like
2: emptying the ocean with a teaspoon i'm sure it does um it does feel really beautiful to be in the i always think of it kind of like the theological hospitality industry yeah where you get was. to like hear people's because i i so I teach in a a divinity school so i I teach you know mostly academic courses that are going to go either to academics or to pastors, and that's to me the fun um Both and, because if I just taught in a, you know, a purely academic setting, I would never have to ask myself like, yes, but what are the implications of this, of this, of this teaching? Yes, but have you seen this in real life? And, and like having, you know, all these people's stories, I find like really does kind of change me and like humble me in the way that I teach because I, yeah, I honestly, if I hadn't done this, I would... Truly, truly, never have slowed down to ask myself like, what are like, what is especially with like the self help and wellness industry, like what are the genuine burdens that this places on on like people and families? So yeah, that has been like a weird subplot of my of my strange life. No kidding. Like when just when I perused, yeah,
0: your situation, I'm like, wow, people really need connection and meaning and. You seem like a nice person.
2: I don't <laughs> and really want to I only, share. I like only this. seem like a nice person. Is like, <laughs> there is a darkness inside of me that I am. I that's like to of... imagine there is <laughs> There's enough. There is enough.
0: <laughs> okay, so you know the phrase. I believe it's a chapter in your book, like best life now. Yeah, this has come. You know, kind of like the catchphrase. Um, we can, we, sh- you're kind of repurposing this idea. Yeah. How can we do that without being gross? Great.
2: I right. love this problem. Right. I love this problem. Yes. Cause I, um, you know, and I even catch myself saying it, right. It was, uh, coined in 2004 after Joel Osteen, televangelist, largest church in the country, Lakewood Church's um, first book, best life now. I even have the best life now board game, which I play with my students. Whoa. Straight up. I'd really like to play it sometime. Everyone's there are some, a winner. There, oh, oh there's some losers in the, in the game of best life now. Um, there are some, you would love it. I would it. And it's so fun because uh, you can see all the kind of like intellectual infrastructure of this, like God will fix your life. You just have to tap into the right kind of faith, like in a board game. Wow. But what's so fun, it's kind of like shoots and ladders, I guess, is the game. But they have these um, wildly personal exercises. So when I force my students to do it, all of a sudden, like, some poor guy named John is having to look into a mirror and whisper three affirm- no <laughs> affirmations. No way! He likes about his body. And I'm like, I'm sorry, John, but you have you have to do it. <laughs> hey, as part. The rules. <laughs> I didn't make it. Yeah. I didn't make it, John. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's part of this, like you, if you just dig deep and you, um, and you tap into this deep kind of theological therapeutic core that, 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 the that all the good things are already inside of you just need to externalize them in your life. Um, then you can have your best life now. You can have happiness on this earth, no matter what your circumstances, you can have health and wealth and There's a a family prosperity gospel in there and, uh, and the feeling that all problems are not just like, you know, they're, they're never structural obstacles. They're all just kind of tripping hazards on the way to a truly victorious life. And, um, and you can see that in all their church names. Like, uh, I, I used to love the prosperity mega churches, like founded in the 80s. They always had ones like Victory International Center and then like <laughs> giant eagles, right, like flying overhead. Um, what was the prosperity church that you, you looked at um, a series of prosperity churches, didn't you, mm-hmm. for your dissertation? Yeah. One was
0: called Victory. <laughs> was it?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: But yeah, they are often named in a way that, you know, well tell you what you're about to get
2: in their eyes, right? If you just do a few little things. Did they have any logos that you remember? I'll never forget. One was my my favorite. It just said, um, it was, oh yeah, it was Winner's Church. We're winning. It's a lifestyle. (laughs)
0: I'll (laughs) tell you what they didn't have. They didn't have crosses or you know, the traditional stuff. Imagine.
2: You can't even get them to sing like Amazing Grace because it's how sweet the sound that saved a... it's a boomer. what's it? a wretch? <laughs> right? a wretch? No, saved a winner. <laughs> Didn't even need it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's uh, it's so um, you know, and, and Joel Osteen's church. I I went for a Good Friday service one time, and they brought a lamb on stage, and it was it was so cute, and 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 I was My like, I oh, would love that. It was like it was full menagerie and i thought honestly like they're gonna get to it like somebody like jesus has to jesus has to die very badly at some point in the story um but no and then victoria came out the beautiful beautiful victoria with her very angry eyebrows and she was just <laughs> she was just like she, she I remember she walked out and she was like isn't it so great we serve a risen lord and i was like not yet victoria Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's dead base. <laughs> he's dead for a bit and so yeah i mean it's always such a It's always so hard, right? Because the church was, you know, like founded on a guy that was murdered, and then most of the early disciples were murdered. So it's it's not like a real lifestyle. (laughs) They like skipping over the bad news, like at least like four or five centuries of bad (laughs) bad (laughs) news. Get to just medieval castles, I guess. But I bet they loved you though.
0: Like when you were
2: working with these people, weren't they super into you? Oh, I did love them. And especially the people in the pews. The problem was, is at the time, I had this um, really uh, terrible joint condition. I didn't know what it was. And it created paralysis in, uh, in both arms at times. And so I was sometimes just like moseying into a to a well, like a, like a faith healing service with like double arm casts. Wow. And then they were just like moths to a flame. Like they were just, oh, I can always still just feel like the hands. Like there's just people are always praying for me. And, but then like so disappointed in me for not being healed. And that's, um, and that's kind of been a perennial theme is like, what happens when you're the person not healed? Like what happens when you're the person that still has the same Garbage, unfixable problems, and that has mm. sort of, sort of been my deal. I guess is chronic, just chronic hard stuff, and and that well, that's t-
0: why everyone ought to be reading your book, No Cure for Being Human. We always say, at Brain Candy, it's hard being a person. It just is. Yeah. Um, usually, I conclude with. Finding out what you you keep in the trunk of your car, but I probably asked you that last time, so
2: I would rather
0: find out. Did I you're... say
2: flares? Because I, like... <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> I spent the year in Canada, and it's like all still shovels. Yeah, and flares I remember back it there. being
0: like troubleshooting, like
2: <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's no like California gym stuff. It wasn't like.
0: <laughs> hey, you need you need flares though. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes. um, I will do instead. I want to know your favorite roadside attraction that you visited.
2: Oh, that is the nicest question. I love roadside attractions. I really do. I love it so much. I love the, um, there's a 10 commandments in North Carolina where, where one is truly misspelled. And um, I, I'll, I've gone to, I've gone to like the, um, what was that? It was a, it was a theme park where I saw Jesus Risen and crucified, like uh, crucified of oh, yes. course. Every day, you at, went like, there, one and three, a Holy Land experience in Orlando. Yes. Yeah, this man with very soulful eyes was was murdered every day and <laughs> and came back and and heaven was like this huge smoke machine display, and I loved it. And oh, honestly, Susie, the funniest thing that happened was they had this, and I love like. I love a good prayer time. I I really like it when people get stuff where they could like write their prayers and put places. I think it's super moving. So I I went to the place where people could like tack up their little prayers and they had this big cross that you could kind of like put your own prayer on. I thought that'd be so nice. And then (laughs) there is this note that was like dead in the center of this um, Holy Land Experience theme park. And it was run by these two televangelists at the time who were, constantly under investigation and like they, were, <laughs> like they were like really really sort of there's always like a little asterisk there and and right in the middle of the cross it had like a note that had obviously been written by a disgruntled employee and it said um I wish <laughs> he said I pray that this park will pay more money in comp- employee compensation and less money on golden lions because <laughs> there were golden lions every. <laughs> That's my prayer to then." <laughs> I'm deciding. I took a picture. I like, I wept. I was so happy. So that was, that's the best. Yeah. And I, and I, I found a gator. I ate, uh, I went to Shane's Gators recently so I could see the world's Largest replica of the world's largest lighthouse. No way! Yes, this last weekend. It's so meta. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: amazing. It was. It was so, so happy for you. Thank you.
2: It was. It was almost really special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a replica of specialness. um Oh, that reminds me. When you said about the the televangelists, we. I mean, we will have to talk about the Tammy Faye movie.
2: Oh my gosh. Could we? Yes. Jessica I can't Chastain. wait. Did you see it already? No, I'm very excited. I am like, I am devoted. I'm teaching a prosperity gospel course starting in a couple of weeks and I'm going to make us all watch it together.
0: Yes. So. I bet it's great. And you know, her son Jay, he seems to feel like it honors her
2: and you know, is... Nice, and so that makes me happy because I love her in a way. Oh, I, you and I, I think we've, I, hundreds of hours of Tammy Faye. She's my son still dances just at the sound of her voice. It's so (laughs) ingrained in his childhood.
0: She's a fascinating and complicated woman, and I miss her. Yeah, (laughs) but thank you for chatting on Brain Candy. I hope everyone reads your book. I know they will, and it'll be like a whole thing. You'll be fancy again. And I just hope you keep writing because it's a public service that you're doing.
2: Thank you, Han. This was Kate. so much fun. Thank <laughs> <The man. best. laughs> Thanks for tolerating me. Oh, my gosh. You're so good at this. You're so fun and present and so easy to talk to. Oh, gosh.
1: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars.